Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you're listening to 5-Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. Apologies if I sound a little different on this episode or if there seems to be some sort of echo noise. Um, I'm not recording this in the most suitable location for acoustics, uh, but I still wanted to get some new episodes out. But it should only be for maybe one or two episodes until I get in a better location. This is the first in a new run of four episodes, and I'm going to base this batch on requests from listeners. I had a few requests for me to tackle a dragon of some kind, and there's lots of dragons or dragon-like creatures in folklore, but for this episode I've chosen the Alps dragon, or Tatzelwurm. I've been living in Austria for a few months now, and many Tatzelwurm stories and sightings take place here, so it seemed like the perfect fit. The interesting thing about the Tatzelwurm is that there are many who still believe it to be a real creature, but we'll get into that later. For now, here's today's 5-Minute Folklore about another character from folklore, Heinrich von Winkelried, and his encounter with the Tatzelwurm. Long ago, in the part of the world now known as Switzerland, a small village named Villen, near the town of Stans, was being terrorised. There had been sightings of a dragon-like creature, and cattle were going missing. Residents of Villen began to flee to live elsewhere, and word was getting around that it was becoming deserted. A group of the villagers gathered and, armed with crossbows, set out in search of the supposed dragon. Eventually, they caught sight of something, a scaly creature. They crept close and aimed their crossbows, but the creature spotted them and took off, climbing a steep slope with a speed the villagers could not match. They attempted to hunt it down numerous times, but the creature always escaped. News of Villain's troubles travelled and reached a man named Heinrich von Winkelried, otherwise known as Struth. He was originally from Villain, but had been cast out for manslaughter. Struth returned to Villain and was confronted by some of the villagers. Winkelried, you were banished from Villain and all surrounding areas. What are you doing here? I am here to make you an offer. If I can single-handedly hunt down and kill this dragon, then will you allow me to return to this land? They considered his request. The village was in a desperate situation, and so it was agreed. 
Struth left to seek out the dragon with nothing but a sword strapped to his belt and a spear, which he had modified by adding sharp barbs at the pointed end of it. He headed to the nearby Mount Pilatus, where it had been seen numerous times. He spotted the beast, but as he drew closer, the beast saw him as well. This time, instead of fleeing, the dragon saw that instead of a crowd of attackers, this was just a singular man, and so lunged forward towards Struth with its jaws wide open. Struth planted himself in place, and as the dragon came down upon him, he roared and thrust the spear into its chest. Take that, you beast! He pulled his sword from his belt and sliced and stabbed at the dragon, whilst holding it in place with his barbed spear. Finally, the dragon let out its last breath. It was defeated, and Struth was victorious. <laughs> you are no match for me, he exclaimed and held his sword aloft in triumph. The dragon's blood ran down the blade and dripped onto Struth. He gasped as it hit his skin. It was burning him. He collapsed to the ground. A while later, when Struth did not return, a search party left from the village. They saw the dead, scaly body of the creature on the ground, and next to it, Struth, who was shivering and sick. You did it, Struth. You've killed the dragon. Struth did not respond. They carried him back to the village and got him to a bed to rest and recover. That beast has poisoned me. Its blood is poison. He was croaking out in a delirium. A few days later, Heinrich von Winkelried was dead. That was the main story for today's episode. There'll be another one a bit later, as well as some possible real-life sightings. But first, I'm going to talk about who Heinrich was and what the Tatzelwurm is. Heinrich von Winkelried, from the previous story, otherwise known as Struth, or Strut the Giant, was first mentioned in legend in 1507, but he is believed to have been a real knight from far before that. His name is first mentioned in documents dating back to April 22, 1275, and appears many times in multiple documents up until 1303, which is believed to have been the year of his death. In legend, his death occurred in 1250, poisoned by a beast, as in the story previously told. But it isn't always a Tatzelwurm that he faces. In many stories, he faces off against a regular dragon, such as in the version of the story from the Brothers Grimm collection of German legends, which was published in 1865. In some versions of the story, villain starts to become known as old villain, or deserted villain, as people begin to leave in fear of the beast. And in others, the village is named Unterwalden, Another variation is that instead of returning to the village and dying from his injuries there, he is instantly killed when the blood hits him.
Now onto the Tatzelwurm. The Tatzelwurm is a type of dragon with reported sightings mainly in the Swiss and Austrian Alps, but also many from Germany, Italy and France. It lurks in underground burrows and around mountains and will attack and attempt to consume cows, pigs, horses and even people. Descriptions of its appearance can vary, but most commonly it is depicted as being two to seven foot long, with two front legs, three toes on each foot with sharp claws. It has a cat-like face with piercing eyes and feline pointed ears. Its body is long and similar to that of a lizard or snake, but with delicate scales and more smooth, fleshy skin. There is a famous painting of one fitting this type of description, attacking a pig while a farmer looks on. Other variations of its appearance are that it has four instead of two legs, that it has a barbed tail, or that its piercing eyes actually glow. There are also stories of a larger variant called the pretzelworm that can grow to the size of a bear. These are said to reside in the forested areas around Berlin, Germany. The tatzelworm is venomous and emits poisonous fumes. Its breath and blood are also poison. Sometimes its blood is even described as being green. It is a reptilian creature and so lays eggs, and it's said to leap in the air when it attacks, as high as nine feet in some tellings, and makes disconcerting sounds such as snorting, loud shrieks, or a whistling noise. The name Tatzelworm, which appears with various spellings, means clawworm, but there are many other names for it, such as Beisworm, meaning biting worm, Stollenworm, meaning tunnel worm, or Bergstutzen, meaning mountain stump. It is also known simply as the Alps dragon or the Swiss dragon. A few other names are Teselworm, Deselworm, Arasas, Hockworm, Springworm as well as the larger variant of pretzelworm, which was mentioned previously. It shares many similarities with the lindworm, which originates in Norse mythology. Although the lindworm has a more classical dragon-type appearance overall, it does have only two legs and can be portrayed with or without wings. Many believe the Tatzelwurm to be a real creature. Some claim that the first sighting was by Johannes Gutenberg, who was the inventor of the movable type printing press. One day he was out walking near to his hometown of Mainz, Germany, when he heard a sound. Upon investigation, he witnessed a Tatzelwurm. His first printed piece on his invention was about his discovery. A botanist named Joseph Scherer also claimed to have seen the creature. A botanist named Joseph Scherer was gathering herbs at the foot of a mountain. His young son had come with him, but had now left his sight to pick some flowers nearby. It was a warm, peaceful day, and Joseph was bundling up what he had collected when he heard a sudden scream coming from the direction that his son had wandered in. 
Joseph wasted no time in sprinting in the direction of the sound. Son, what is it? What's the matter? He was calling out as he ran. There was no response. He drew closer and saw his son standing there, terrified. What's wrong? Still, the boy said nothing and stared at his father with terror in his eyes. Joseph dropped his herbs and moved closer to try and see what had spooked his son. As he did, he heard a hissing noise. He turned toward the sound and saw eyes peering at him from behind a rock, the midday sun reflecting in them. The head of the beast was almost that of a cat. He shooed at it. Shoo! Shoo! Get out! And threw a small rock in its direction to spook it away. Instead of running, it rose up onto the large rock. The rest of its body revealed to Joseph, who gasped at the hideous sight. (gasps) A scaled body with a long tail, swishing from side to side in preparation for attack. Joseph caught sight of its vicious-looking claws and slowly reached into his pocket for a small knife. He noticed a stick by his feet and slowly, slowly picked it up, never taking his eyes off of the beast. He carefully sharpened the end of the stick with his knife. The creature's tail was swishing quicker now, and it suddenly sped toward Joseph, who, without thought, also raced towards it in return. As the beast made its final pounce at Joseph, he reached out with his sharpened stick and pierced its flesh, killing it. Blood spurted violently from its wound, the stench of it almost unbearable. A small amount of it splashed onto Joseph's leg, causing great pain, and he fell down. His son rushed over to him and helped him up. They walked back to their home. Joseph limped the whole way, and his leg was swelling rapidly. When he arrived home, he bathed and wrapped his leg. It took a full month of treatment for him to fully recover. Word got around town that Joseph had killed a young dragon, with many convinced that he had encountered a Tatzelvum. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A young Swiss farm girl was out chopping bean poles one day when she disturbed a burrow, and a Tatzelverm attempted to attack her, but she ran and managed to escape. She described it as grey, fleshy and hairless, the size of a cat, with two legs and piercing eyes. 
sightings of the Tatzelverm are far less frequent in recent years, leading many who believed it to be a real cryptid to conclude that it may have been a very rare creature that has since gone extinct. By the 19th century, despite the lack of evidence, many believed in the legends. In 1836, it was even listed in a Bavarian hunting manual called New Pocket Guild of the Year 1836 for Nature, Forest and Hunting Enthusiasts. It is thought that it may be a rare type of salamander, large skink or worm lizard. The Tatzelverm shares many similarities to the Gila monster, which exists in parts of North America and Mexico, as it shares a similar habitat, lives in burrows and is venomous. The Gila monster is its most probable relation, but some think that it may be linked to the Asian giant salamander, or that it could even belong to the same family as otters. There is a photograph of the creature that exists, taken by the Swiss photographer Ferenz Balkin in 1934. He was out one day and took a picture of what he thought was a strange-looking log. To his surprise, it fled when his camera flashed. The photograph is considered to be a probable hoax, but at the time it sparked searches for the creature, which all turned up empty. The weekly German magazine Berliner Illustrator even sponsored an exhibition. The many hoaxes and true believers of the creature have led many to liken its existence to be the Alps equivalent of the Loch Ness Monster. The most widely believed first Tetzelverm sighting was in 1779 by a Bavarian farmer named Hans Fuchs. He was out for a stroll when suddenly two of the creatures appeared in front of him. He panicked and sprinted home. He was terrified and could feel a pain in his chest as he ran. He burst through the door of his home and described to his family what he had seen. Two creatures possibly seven feet in length, with long snake-like bodies, heads similar to cats, with sharp teeth and sharp claws on their two front legs. He was still in absolute terror as he recounted his sighting, and once his description was complete, he clutched at his chest one last time as he suffered a heart attack and died. There are many more claimed sightings, but I'm just going to run through some of the most prominent and well-known. In 1828, a peasant found the corpse of a Tatzelverm and tried to carry it home with him. But by the time he had the chance to show his specimen to others, it had been half-eaten by crows. In 1883, a man named Caspar Arnold witnessed one from a mountain restaurant in Tyrol, Austria. He watched it for around 20 minutes and claimed it to have had two legs. In 1921, a grey, two to three foot long tatzel worm with the head of a cat leapt nine foot in the air towards two witnesses in Salzburg, Austria. In 1924, two men discovered a five foot skeleton. An Austrian schoolmaster was exploring a cave in 1929 when he encountered one. He believed it to be a type of giant salamander. He is quoted to have said, I started to look 
for the entrance to the cave. Suddenly, I saw a snake-like animal sprawled on the rotting foliage that covered the ground. Its skin was almost white, not covered by scales, but smooth. The head was flat, and two very short feet on the forepart of the body were visible. My Tatzelverm did not have large claws, but short and atrophied-looking feet. His length did not exceed 40 or 45 centimetres. Most probably, the Tatzelverm is a rare variety of salamander, living in moist caves and rarely coming to the light of day. 1934 was the year of Balkan's famous photograph, which was previously mentioned. In 1970, the Swiss newspaper Le Tribune de Genève published a reported sighting. And sometime in the mid-1900s, a skeleton was anonymously donated to the Geneva Institute of Science. A picture of this skeleton appears as snake-like, with a large head and two clawed arms. No one knows who donated the skeleton, and many believe the whole thing to be a hoax. Most recently, in 2009, there were sightings in Treviso, Italy, which many disregarded as possibly being escaped monitor lizards. German poet Joseph Victor von Scheffel wrote the poem Tatzelverm in 1928, which has been recorded in many renditions over the years. One by Austrian experimental group Sturmperched, which you will have heard sections of throughout this episode. Their version is titled Der Tanz des Tatzelverms. I'm also going to play a short section from another take on it now by Frost Prince. Als noch ein Berg seeklar und groß in dieser Täler tiefen Fluss habe ich all hier in großer Pracht gelebt, geliebt und auch gedracht als Tatzenwurm, als Tatzenwurm, als Tatzenwurm. Tatzelverms have also appeared in numerous fantasy role-playing games, including the well-known Final Fantasy series. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which has been slightly different to the usual due to all the possible real-life accounts. There are going to be three more episodes before the next short break, based on more of your suggestions. Keep sending them in, as I'd love to eventually cover all of them on future episodes. You can contact me directly via the email 5minutefolklore at gmail.com or via the website 5minutefolklore.com where you can also find links to my Twitter and the Facebook page and also ways to contribute via DonorBox and PayPal, which is really appreciated. If you enjoy the podcast, then please consider leaving a rating and review through iTunes, as that really helps me out with getting the show noticed. I would love to spotlight some more podcasts on this run, so if you have one of your own that you think listeners to this show would enjoy, or know someone that does, then let me know and we can try and sort that out. This week I want to mention Nicky Druce's Macabre London podcast, so if you stick around after the outro music, you'll hear a short trailer for that. 
Under the main story, you heard the song Alpine Sounds, performed by Francisca Viga with Roger Conrad and Stephen Hodel. Other music on this episode was Der Tanz des Tatzelwurms by Sturmperched, Am Tatzelwurm by Egerlander Kapel Eder, and Tatzelwurm by Frostfrat and Prince, as well as the short piano piece Alpine Song performed by Estudio Cultural de Tijuana. Thanks to Rick Dove and Rebecca Chapman for providing voices, and finally, thanks to you for listening. And I thought it wouldn't be an Austrian-based episode without some traditional yodeling from Tyrol, so here's some to play us out. your history haunted then you'll love macabre london a podcast hosted by me nikki drews every fortnight we uncover one of the forgotten stories of london's bloody past and get to the bottom of some more well-known gruesome tales we've covered witchcraft in the form of the last witch trial held in world war ii found out what it was like to be a hangman in the victorian times and even dipped our toe into the paranormal by uncovering what really happened at the infamous enfield haunting So if you're interested in learning the gory, spooky and eerie history of the UK's capital city, then check out the show. You can find us on the Apple Podcasts app, Acast and all other podcast providers by searching for Macabre London. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E London.